And welcome back to Tiger Talk. Thanks for uh, joining us here on this Wednesday night. And if you're listening on the podcast on a delayed basis, whatever day it is, welcome. Some of this information may be a little outdated, so just uh, know that if you're listening to it on demand. But uh, Ray Talks with Veda Tiger Basketball with head coach Sean Gray, who joined us after uh, three games in the last week and getting very uh, getting ready for a very active calendar for the rest of this week. Uh, back-to-back tournaments at Carthage and then next week at Butler, which we just got information on today as far as the bracket is concerned. So, uh, Sean, uh, some mixed results uh, over the last three days. Uh, started off, I was having a like gangbusters, uh, 75-59 over Neosho last Thursday. Uh, obviously, uh, didn't quite keep that shooting touch uh, on Friday against Frontenac, although it went to overtime. Uh, still a competitive game. And then, obviously, last night, uh, just not able to make buckets and just can't do that against a team like Pittsburgh. Yeah, Mike. Um, there was a lot of unknown with how things would look to start the year. There, the, you have that every year with the new group. You don't know exactly what things will look like. Um, but really a pleasant surprise that we were able to play as fast as we did for as long as we were able to on the opening night last Thursday. And that we had our legs under us and were able to make shots. Um, really nice to see you know, some of that first game home opener adrenaline, I think, fueled us uh, maybe through that uh, not – not having very many days of practice and uh you know that, that was a, a, a fun way to start the year uh, made 10 threes shot 50 percent from the three-point line and really jumped on neosho early and i don't think the score was indicative of you know how good of a team neosho is i think they'll get things figured out and be a lot more competitive but we were able to have 25 points in the in the uh, first quarter mm-hmm. um, make four three balls and then 21 points in the second quarter really at that point the game was almost decided um but then we saw on friday and then again tuesday maybe some of that rust that we thought we might see from the get-go um just due to the fact that we had just have not had a lot of time in the gym together yeah you went exactly where i was going to go next because uh, i don't want to say thursday was a fluke but maybe you know didn't we did the team kind of come back to earth on friday and last night and and we did see some of those things that maybe can be expected when you have so many players who had to to arrive uh, to practice three weeks late yeah, we, we've talked – so with these three games, there's been a lot of great teaching moments. And sometimes in victory, deficiencies can be glossed over. Um, you know, we we hit so many shots against Neosho that maybe we felt a little better about where things were than we should have. Um, and then on Friday, when shots weren't falling – some unfortunately defeat can be the the best teacher even though it's a difficult situation to be in and how can we score buckets when the three ball is not there for us well that's still something that we're in the process of trying to figure out because while we want to use the three-point line as a weapon and, and we feel like we can because we do have so many shooters we have to make sure we are still taking great shots um just because you're a good three-point shooter doesn't mean every shot you throw up is going to go in and it's not, you know, there are no points for volume of shot attempts. Mm. Um, and as we saw against Frontenac, I think 36 three-point attempts. And then I think last night. 25. Was it 25? Okay. So we we made less shots Friday and Tuesday, even though we took more attempts. And um, a big message. And unfortunately, Mike, there's not a lot of practice time here <laughs> in the next two weeks. We play four games this week, three games next mm-hmm. week. You know, that's, that's seven of your – you know, 10 days of practice are spent in game. So we're going to have to learn on the fly. Um, and you can, you can go back, you know, huddles at their fingertips. It, it's on our guys' cell phones, looking at shot attempts 
And am I on balance? Do I catch this shot in rhythm? Do I have to rush it? Um, and and if and if if we I think wrap our heads around only take great threes, we can take as many of those as we want. We can take them any time we want if they're a great on balance in rhythm three. I think we'll see that shooting percentage start to slide the other way. And then if I'm not settling for quick off balance or not in rhythm threes, well now I'm probably driving the ball. Now we probably get to the free throw line a little bit more, which is something when you've got a lot of guards and you're going to be perimeter oriented, you're not always going to get the ball inside by traditional back to the basket, throw it inside. You're going to have to use the dribble penetration to get the ball into the paint, which again, something we're going to have to improve on on the fly as we go along these next couple weeks. All right, so let's kind of we're going to kind of skim through the three games because we got a lot of games to talk about in the future. And uh, disclaimer: we're talking to Coach right before he needs to get to practice, so we need to get in there. So let's uh, let's the Neosho game. Obviously, kind of touched on it. How great the shooting night was, atmosphere. But I think that was the kind of the thing. As uh, Thursday night uh, looked like everybody was ready to see some basketball, and uh, the Lady Tigers had played several days earlier, and you finally got a chance to play on the twenty eighth, and it uh, looked like everybody was ready. They were. We were excited and uh, really, really always always fun to, to get the season started a little bit like Christmas morning. Um, and, and the guys came out. I think we had one, two, three, four, five, six, eight different guys scored. And I think all those guys had scored in the first half even, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, so we showed that we can have a lot of balance. Obviously, Jack Chaney went for 20 points um, and improved that he can really be a playmaker for us. But a lot of guys, Bryce Budd was 16, Uche Umba off the bench with 10, and then a lot of guys contributing. And I think when we're the best version of ourselves this season, I think that's what we'll see. Not always a guy going for 20 even, but a lot of guys getting to the scoring column. Two, three, four different guys capable of going for double figures and eight or nine guys capable of, of helping us. Um, hopefully – those are the types of outings that we start to see more often. All right, so let's move to the Friday night game. It was quite a, quite the thriller on Friday night, back-to-back home dates. 52-50 uh, to 50 in overtime was the final Friday night uh, did get out with, uh, with the two-point victory in overtime. And as we already mentioned, not a great shooting night. 6-37 of 37 from the three-point line and uh, shot 30% uh, or 25.5% from the field. Uh, so... I don't know. <laughs> there are no moral victories. I know that. But can you take any solace out of the fact you got a team to overtime and, and shot so poorly? Yeah. Coach Tally and Coach Braden both talked about how we feel like if we play that game 10 times, we win that seven or eight times out of 10. Um, but again, it goes to show that the little things are so important. If you do have a night like that where the shots don't fall, if you do enough of the little things right, you can still come out on top. Free throws in the second half, uh, 50% in the second half in overtime from the free throw line. Um, just one or two defensive assignments missed. Um, you know, we gave up three three-pointers uh, to Frontenac in the fourth quarter. Uh, number one, Vinny Collier was on the scout as a left-handed shooter for them. Had not made a three up until the fourth quarter. Now, granted, one of those was banked off the glass, which mm. sometimes you just have to shake your head. That stuff <laughs> happens. But uh, he got loose, and then their best player, number 23, Kramer, you know, got loose for a three in the fourth quarter as well. So, you know, you look at that, they had 10 points in the fourth quarter, Mike. Nine of those 10 came from the three-point line. We've got to win that battle. Um, if it, We might have nights where we don't make them, but we also have to make sure we limit our opponents from the three-point line as well. Um, just unfortunately didn't do that. And, uh, yeah, we the atmosphere was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. a really a great crowd. And uh, uh, our guys, one thing that we're most proud of, Mike, is – the energy and effort with which we play. That's something our, I think our community is always proud of. And, and we did that. And, uh, you know, um, again, we just have to have to continue to learn from those tough experiences 
so that if it's a if you know this is a non-conference non-district game you know we get in a late clock situation in a district game or in a conference game and we learn the lessons from this front net game, hopefully uh, the outcome can go our way. Yep, there's a reason why you play non-conference games and uh, games early, and uh, especially as your your team is still kind of get up to speed here early in the season. Well, we moved you into another Southeast Kansas uh, school last week. That one was on the road at Pittsburgh to take on the Purple Dragons last night. Unfortunately, not uh, a close outing. Uh, Pittsburgh dominated the contest uh, to get the victory 78-36, to and uh, it was the middle two quarters that uh, certainly did the damage, 53-18. to over those uh, over those two quarters and you mentioned uh, sometimes you just have to shake your head and uh, uh, you had a couple of those moments last night with Mason English out there on the floor for Pittsburgh uh, very special player for the Purple Dragons he had 25 last night yeah he's a heck of a player and we held him to four points in the first quarter mm-hmm. um, really it was the supporting cast you guys knocked down threes guys got out and ran in transition and I thought there were a few times in the front net game where our transition defense wasn't where it needed to be we talked about it a little bit, but Pittsburgh really exposed um, that for us. We're not a big team, Mike. We're not going to dominate on the glass all the time, especially on the offensive end. We're, I don't think we're going to be a team that lives on stickbacks and putbacks. So we have to have great defensive balance. We've got to slow the other team's transition. We need to be the team that wins that transition battle, take advantage of our team speed. When English wasn't scoring it himself, he was getting out and finding others, which – you know, he's he hit tough shot after tough shot. And there are times you just tip your cap to a guy that does that. But if 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 guy if if guys are hitting tough shots and they're getting a lot done around the basket from the complimentary role players that's going to be way too much to overcome, which uh, which was the case last night. Yeah, they scored 24 transition points last night uh, compared to two for Nevada. They got the ball. They were quickly to the other end. They were, and they had a lot of size. You know, English – I, mean, I don't know, and, and and you talk about mm. a lot of time coaches move the numbers up a little bit for their guys. <laughs> I, I'm not so sure that Coach Woods didn't do what I accidentally did and use last year's numbers because on the floor with those guys, you know, English is every bit of six four. Um, you know, number twenty five for them, Wesley, really a great looking kid. Eleven Mitchell, really good, a lot of size. You know, fifty five for them, Brown. He kind of plays the two guard for them, long and lanky. Number 33 came off the bench. He's 6'6 or 6'7. Mm-hmm. That length is something we just don't have. So I don't know how many times last night, Mike, I thought we tried to pass over people who have six, eight inches in height and wingspan advantage over us. And then also, that also allowed them in transition to pass the ball over the top. And if, if, if we're not back early, Teams that do have that size and speed uh, will expose that. And people need to remember, this was a state tournament team in Kansas a year ago. They got to the five uh, class, or they they go by A's now, or have all. Missouri's one that switched, but it's five uh, five A uh, state tournament team a year ago, seventeen and nine. A lot of those pieces back, and uh, uh, I'm sure they got big plans for this year. They do, and that was one thing I talked to Coach Woods about. You know, the English kid, we've seen him for a lot a lot of years now, and. As a younger player, like as a sophomore, you weren't ever sure about his motor being a, a, a bigger, thicker kid. If he was always playing hard, man, he has developed to where he'll hurt you. He'll take however you're defending him. And he has so many different counters to that. But he's also finding his teammates and he's also being more active on the defensive end, getting his hands on passes. So I think as long as they keep him out of foul trouble, which mm-hmm. that was one of our game plans was to try to draw some charges. Just We just weren't able to do that. 
as long as he's not in foul trouble, um, they're going to be able to knock off, I think, a lot of people because of the athleticism that they have um, around him. 29% from the field last night overall, uh, and 16% from the three-point line, 425, as we talked about earlier. Do you get to a point, you felt like the team got to a point where they started pressing? Uh, a, little, a little bit last time, but when the when they start to see that uh, that disadvantage or the uh, the deficit grow, is there a pressing issue that starts at that point? There is, you know, pressing as in trying too much on the mm-hmm. offensive end instead of letting the game come to you for sure. And we saw that I thought late in the game against Frontenac as well. And again, when you don't have much time in the gym, you've got it's 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 trial by fire. And what what I think we will understand sooner rather than later, Mike is when we press, like you're talking about, that that causes a snowball effect. Mm-hmm. You know, because bad shots or rush shots, low percentage shots, those are just like the outlet pass to the other team's transition. If I take a bad shot that's going to be a quick rebound, here they come. We had a possession in the second half, Mike, where we didn't get any great looks at three. And we got the ball three or four sides of the court. It was probably... You know, not that there's a shot clock, but it would have been close to the 35-second the shot clock. Mm-hmm. And then Kellen Braden went in and I think maybe got fouled on a layup or scored a layup. And I thought, this is the, the microcosm of the type of possession we have to have, especially on nights when the three ball's not falling, and especially against teams that have the speed and transition that Pittsburgh has. They want to get out and run. What do they not want to do? Guard in the half court. So make them guard, make them guard, don't gamble early, maybe turn down a shot or two that you would normally take against a team like that. And if you do that consistently for four quarters instead of just in spurts, now you give yourself a chance against those teams. So yeah, we've got to stop trying to make up the scoring margin quickly. We've got to let the game come to us, understand that that great shots will lead to buckets eventually, and that pressing and quick shots are just going to make the deficit grow larger. Only 12 free throws combined between the two teams last night. Uh, Nevada 4-7, uh, Pittsburgh 4-5. Are we, as a tour to tell, we seen the effects of the new foul rule or or just nobody got the line last night? I think it's both. We shoot a lot of threes, which is, that's not going to lend itself mm-hmm. to a lot, of, um, a lot of free throws. I think also sometimes we go to Kansas and we see that they will allow things to be physical around the basket, which I think that's going to favor the bigger, stronger, more athletic team, which which it did last night. And then, I think I mentioned this before, uh, several years ago when the women's game went to this new bonus rule, they saw the fewest number of free throws they'd seen in years. And and so I think it's it was a combination of those things, Mike. Yeah, we're not seeing many free throws in the, in the girls' games either. So uh, so it definitely is cutting down on that with, with the lack of one-and-ones uh, with 17 fouls. So see how it plays out for the remainder of the season. Obviously, it's a very small sample size. All right, so Nevada's sitting uh, now at one and two on the year, moving into the first of two tournaments to be played. Now it'll begin tomorrow. Uh, 6.30 start uh, tomorrow night for Nevada. They take on the Web City Cardinals. The other games real quickly. Ray Peck uh, plays uh, Fort Smith South. Outside at five, the eight o'clock tomorrow, eight o'clock game tomorrow night has Joplin against Leavenworth. Carthage uh, with a will take a bye into the semifinals. They had to put their JV in the tournament. They'll go straight to the consolation round, so Carthage will not play tomorrow. They'll play either Joplin or Leavenworth on Friday. I'm trying to think who's missing from last year because there's uh, those all seven teams were there last year. They're in this year. Who are we missing? Right, um, I believe so. West Plains had been in it, and then yeah, yeah, the, the, last year, the rush. Rush, rush team rush, that we yes, played, that's right. um, yeah, that's right. they got out of it, I think, yeah, and that. just uh, couldn't find a replacement in time. All right, so let's uh, talk about, uh, uh, so again, very familiar teams from this tournament that we've seen for the last few years other than West Plains and Rush, but uh, uh, so 
makeup of the tournament. Obviously, uh, uh, again, you're going into a larger school situation, uh, a competitive situation for sure, but I, I guess a chance to play a lot of basketball over, over three days and try to get better. Mike, people will notice looking at our schedule, a lot of larger schools in December trying to prepare ourselves for the most important games, which which are obviously those district opponents, Harrisonville, Clinton, Pleasant Hill, um, and then the conference games that start in January. So while the scoreboard doesn't always show maybe the results that people would want all the time, we really feel like this tournament especially is really going to make us better. Mm-hmm. Um, we're by far the smallest school in the field. And not only that, but these are these are teams that, that play extremely hard. Uh, Webb City, Mike, um, last night played Monette, 30-plus point victory. Mm-hmm. And uh, Coach Horn has said that he thinks this is his fastest, most athletic team that he's had uh, in the eight years that he's been there. So that will be a challenge. <laughs> you just saw that last night. We did. We did. So <laughs> the great thing, though, Mike, is – you know, it's a great opportunity to see how much better can we be than sure. we were last night against a team like this. And our guys want that challenge. You know, we don't want to go see a team that we don't have to play well to beat. And there is not a, there, will, there will not be a single game in this tournament um, that if we do not play well, um, that we'd have a chance to get in the, in the victory column. So we've got to show up and play well um, and hopefully get you, – you, you really want to get a win either Thursday or Friday – so you can you can at least try to, to to play for first, third, or fifth place. People may sit there and think, well, Web City had a had a late football season as well, and uh, so you know maybe they're trying to get their feet under them. But correct me if I'm wrong; they don't really seem to be a program that waits on a lot of football players. They they pretty much have uh, have basketball players. I think Coach Horn said that uh, I'm trying to remember four guys. I think mm-hmm. he said, um, so they're kind of split. You know, they, they've got a really good mixture of basketball guys and then football athletes that come in and, and mix in with them and uh, it did not seem to uh, have any ill effects um their season opener was last night was it, i was gonna ask was that their opener? yeah it was their season opener and uh, a lot of full court pressure um man and zone traps full court and half court and uh talking to monette's coach it was just a, a, a transition and a turnover game um, that fueled them. So we're going to have to value the basketball and uh, try to make it a half-court game as opposed to a transition game. Yeah, we've been without internet all day today, so I've, I've not been able to do a lot of prep work during the before this program tonight. Well, the uh, we've seen Web City over the years from time to time. You already mentioned that you expect them to get up and down. So as you're as we're talking to you, you're getting ready to go to practice. So what's the focus for practice today to get ready specifically for this game tomorrow? So building off of the Pittsburgh game and then – planning for the Web City game, transition defense. When a shot goes up, guys getting back so that we can get our defense set is is paramount. It was paramount last night, and it's got to be better, and it will quickly be exposed against Webb. The thing that Webb will do more than any team we've seen to this point is trap and pressure in the full court, not just in the half court. Pittsburgh pressured hard on the half court. Um, we're going to have to be able to handle those, the full court pressure, the half court traps, um, so I'd say those are the two biggest things um, that, that we'll try to improve on, as as well as shot selection. Shoot a three anytime that you want if you're a three-point shooter, as long as you are on balance and in rhythm. You'll see the Raymore Peculiar or Fort Smith Southside on uh, on uh, Friday, uh, either at 4 o'clock or 7 o'clock. And I'm, since they play right before you, I assume you'll get there in time to, to scout a little bit tomorrow. But uh, how much do you know about either one of those teams? Yeah, the good thing about playing that middle game, Mike, is – 
we'll get to watch the game before ours. Mm-hmm. We'll stick around a little bit and watch the game after. So we'll we'll get some familiar familiarity with those teams. Ray Peck always very fundamental. Always a lot of big, strong kids. Um, Coach Tremaine does a great job. We've seen them quite a bit over the years in this tournament. Um, that they beat you up around the basket. They beat you up on the glass. And then Southside, very athletic. We we saw them a year ago um, in the Saturday game. We were able to come out on top. Mm-hmm. It's a situation where if you can make that a fundamental type game, you feel like you've got a chance. If it becomes real helter skelter, that's when they thrive as well. So we'll see. We'll see tomorrow night when we go watch them. Kind of what this year's version of Ray Peck and Fort Smith Southside look like. But uh, two very athletic teams, uh, regardless of. Uh, of if the names have changed. All right, so a good three-day tournament coming up Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, fantastic facility. I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this program already know that, so it's a, it's a good uh, time. It's a short drive to come down to Carthage and see some uh, good basketball over the next three days. All right, in the time we have remaining, let's talk about a new tournament for you, which will be uh, starting off next week on Tuesday. It's Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday next week, so we'll talk about the bulk of it on next week's program, but you do have a first-round game at the Butler Tournament uh, coming up next Tuesday, and and uh, they released that bracket earlier today. I got my internet just long enough to get that printed off. And shaking uh, uh, my head a bit on this first round matchup uh, because we talked about him last week. St. Michael's the Archangel. Uh, Tuesday at 5 o'clock in the main gym. I didn't even know they had an auxiliary gym at Butler till today. But St. Michael's uh, will take on Nevada at 5 o'clock next Tuesday. We talked about them last week because of your district alignment and uh, talked about how talented they are. Yeah, they return a lot. So people that are familiar with this program will remember Barstow having been in our district the last two years, um, you know, a private school in the Kansas City area. St. Michael's going to be very similar. They had two victories over Barstow a year ago. A lot of team speed, a lot of basketball-only type kids um, that will be very, very skilled. So speaking about the auxiliary gym, so Butler built a new gym right next. So it's actually up on the mezzanine um, that I'm sure you'll familiarize yourself Mm -hmm. with next week. You can see – into both gyms oh, from okay. up there, so you can kind of okay. watch both. Um, they they're proud of the fact that they have a a, a new facility. So um, they started the a boys and a girls tournament mm-hmm. up there a year ago. Last year was the first year for it. Um, they reached out last year. We were already committed uh, to McDonald County whenever they reached out. So um, I talked to a couple coaches. Said it was a really a good tournament. And, and you might think, well, Butler that's smaller school, but you know the smallest school in this is Rich Hill. Rich yeah, Hill won. They're loaded. Yeah. They won twenty <laughs> plus games a year ago. Won a district title, um, and it, it's always t- you never know. You know they also dropped games last year to 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 teams like Harrisonville or teams like El Dorado Springs, who we saw and were able to, to get the best of. So while while win loss record a year ago or even this year might favor you know the the Butlers or the Adrians or the Rich Hills, we also understand that those schedules are not created equal. Um, so it's really hard to seed a tournament like this. And, you know, we drew St. Michael. And, but what but what better way to familiarize ourselves with them and to, and to see where we're at against a team that we will have to be able to beat in the district tournament than to play them. So uh, it's, it's a really a tough tournament. Kip, Mike, who they didn't put numbers next to this, but they're the proverbial one seed. They beat Bishop Miege last week, mm-hmm. who is like the number three or four ranked team um, in one of the larger – larger classes in, in Kansas and and uh, you know Adrian's coach thinks they have one of the better teams they've had in the last seven or eight years we've seen Metro the last last few years they've come to Nevada they're a good squad as well so we will have to go play well you always kind of consider it a success if you can go two and one in a tournament um, we will have to play well 
if we want to go two and one at Butler and another good slate of teams to to help make us better. Yeah, I have to admit when I saw we were playing the Butler tournament, and I I don't want this to sound the wrong way, but I'm, well, that's quite a change. <laughs> and then you you know you see some of the you know the Adrians, the Rich Hills of the world that are in there. But then you know I got this complete lineup. Obviously, four schools out of the Kansas City area, pretty heavy loaded uh, with them. Uh, University Academy is the other one we didn't mention. So yeah, this looks like a very good tournament. And uh, uh, I had not heard about the Butler facility, so I'm anxious to get there next week and see that. So. Yeah, Butler's got a good team. They've got one of the better players in the area. So I think when they started this, they thought. This will be a great way for us to showcase our facility, one of the better teams they've had in several years. And then some of the local teams, that even though they were smaller, they kind of wanted to step up their schedule and challenge themselves, Rich Hill and Adrian. So uh, this will be good, I think, for all teams involved. And really, it's very balanced throughout. I think St. Michael's and Kip have separated themselves at the top. But then I think everyone else, uh, it'll be a dogfight to see who can uh, come out with – one or two wins. All right, we look forward to that. We'll talk more about that tournament next week once we see what that result is on Tuesday. That'll give us a clear indication of what to talk about for the remainder of the week on that tournament. A pretty heavy schedule for Nevada, and all of it on the road, by the way, until after the first of the year. Nevada, on the boys' side, does not play back at home until after January 1. So hope to see you out there on the road, as we'll be doing on the broadcast as well. Need to let you get your practice, so appreciate the time. Thanks for coming in, and uh, we'll see you uh, uh, I'll see you somewhere tomorrow, right? I'll see you at Carthage tomorrow. I was trying to think. i got so many games we're talking about forget where i'm going but uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow yep we'll be there for the, the early game mics we'll catch you down there we're looking forward to it all right that's tiger head coach sean gray and we come back nevada lady tiger wrestling coach jared alexander makes his first appearance on tiger talk in this winter sports season we'll have that conversation with ben aberg after this timeout on double k country <laughs> 